So I do believe my name will live on. But when you die, it doesn't matter. I could care less about my funeral, like what happens when I die. Like to me, life is just a giant video game. And like, I just want to play it the best of my ability. And like, I figured if I come into this massive game, I want to completely change the way that it's played whenever I'm done playing it. And I want everyone to have a way better off chance to play this game. And the number one thing that I want is I want when I die, the human race to have a new awakening and understanding that they are playing it because no one gets it. No. And if they got it, they'd be playing a lot bigger than they are. But no one's aware of it. We take life way too serious. I want people to realize what an opportunity they have. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast and today's episode is a must listen to. It's with my dear friend, Caleb Maddox. Caleb Maddox became a millionaire at 16 years old, is super well known for like becoming like a motivational speaker as a young kid and is currently 17 years old, dear friend of mine, changing the world um, with his friend and one of my close friends, uh, Ryan. And and just, just really, really amazing. Like we... We've hung out a bunch. We've tried to do interviews. It's just never worked out. And so I finally like sent him a text. I said, Caleb, like, we need to make this thing happen. And so even though he was in the car, we had just a really authentic conversation about mindset, about parenting, about business. Um, we talked about uh, money. I gave him the legacy question. And you guys, you have to understand, like, Caleb is at a, just a totally different level as the way he thinks versus kids his age. And I'm just incredibly grateful that he's he's my uh, close friend, but that we just get to do life together. And they are on a mission way bigger than themselves. And so here's what I'll here's what I'll say is I would love to hear your your thoughts. So betterwealthpodcast.com, betterwealthpodcast.com. Go there. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this podcast. Take good notes. If you have kids, if you have kids, share with them this episode and get involved in Apex for Kids. Get involved in helping your kids get to the next level. Without further ado, Caleb Addicts. I remember when we met in, in Arizona and you came for you. I just like, I knew about you. I knew that you were some hypey person that could speak on stage. And the cool thing was, I don't know if you remember this, but like, we, when I, when we talked in zero hype and I got to like experience a fraction of your genuine, authentic, like passion and man, like, like you're gifted, man. I, and I'm, I'm blessed to call you a friend, I'm blessed to call Ryan a friend and, and you're, you're freaking on a mission to impact the world. And I don't, I, I usually prep a little bit in interviews and I, I, uh, have not prepped anything on purpose uh, because I just, I want to, I want to capture your story. I want, I want to get that, like, cause there's power in that. But then I also want to talk about like what we were even talking about before about like getting people to start being intentional about their life. I mean, yeah. whether you're in the education business or in the wealth business, like people are asleep and like, what can we do to help wake them up? And, and I've, I've heard a lot of great speakers, man. And you're up there with the best on your ability and your passion to communicate. So thank you again for making it. Um, being in your car, committing to being on my show. I love it. No doubt. We're making it happen. And uh, first of all, I really appreciate that. And that is Ryan and I's goal is to awaken humanity. That's the number one thing. Cause like, I honestly view it as most people. Here's the worst part about it. All right. Let, let me just, let me just start off with this is that 
if you look at life and it's, it's unbelievable gift and all that it encompasses and the opportunity to play this game, to me, it blows my mind that we're literally given the greatest opportunity ever. And that's to be alive. Like people, you know, they're like, Hey, what's the best experience? You had a lot of cool experiences. It's not making millions of dollars. It's not, you know, being able to speak on stage in front of thousands of people. It's not being able to go on a roller coaster. I haven't had my first kid, but I don't think it's going to be having your first kid. It's not going to be getting married. All the great experiences underneath that fall underneath the umbrella of being able to experience life. So for me, the fact that people have the opportunity to be alive, have the opportunity to play this game, and they don't even know that they're playing it. They're literally in a shell of who they could be. Me and Ryan's goal is just to crack that shell. That's it. It's just to, it's just to wake people up. And, uh, and we're on an unstoppable mission towards that. And I have so much certainty. Like it's not a goal. It's not a hope. It is already done what we're creating. Now we're just watching it unfold. So, okay. So a lot of people, I just did an interview with my mom. It was really special. Well, a lot of people were like, okay, Caleb, what's your upbringing? Like you're a really unique kid. I was homeschooled. My parents did an incredible job parenting me. And one of the things that I think is so powerful about your story is you've come to a lot of these conclusions through the way that you were parented through your, through your struggles, but then also through just like what you've been taught. So Caleb break, like, just break this down. Like, where did this all begin? Like, how did Caleb Maddox become Caleb Maddox? <laughs> First of all, it's a great question. Honestly, I would say it, it kind of sums down to two things. Cause you know, I've done a lot of interviews and one of the reasons I love doing interviews is although I love impacting people, I love having conversations is it pulls a lot of stuff out of me. Right. And like, I feel like in my life, I know a lot more about um, how I was raised and everything because of the amount of questions people have asked me. And if I had to sum it up, if I look back on my entire life and where I've come from, where I'm at now, it really comes down to two specific things. And what a lot of people don't know, and obviously I think I've talked to you about this before, but you know, I started off in a super, uh, I'm super different than I am now. You know, people see me now, they see my confidence, enthusiasm. You said you knew I was a super hypey kid, but whenever I was like seven, I was extremely shy, extremely insecure. Um, if someone tried to talk to me, I would cry. I would hide behind my dad's leg and I had no confidence whatsoever. And my dad knew that something had to change because, you know, I'm an only child. So like, he was like, listen, I got one shot to like, to make this kid great. And my dad went into my life with that intention. Like I am going to make an icon. Like that was his like intention, but at seven, it wasn't happening that way. So my dad had this idea. Um, I actually went over to a friend's house one day and my friend told me that he got paid to do these things. And this is going to blow your mind, Kale, but they're called chores. All right. So whenever I found out he got paid to do chores, I was like, no way. I got to find this out. Like what, like, what did you do to get paid to do chores? He's like, well, chores are when you take out the trash, when you do the dishes. If you do that throughout the month, at the end of the month, you get paid $20 to do these things called chores. And I immediately, as a little 17 or as a little seven-year-old, got this like fire in my stomach of just anger towards my dad because I was already doing chores. This is the thing. Like, it's not like I wasn't doing them. I was just doing them. I just wasn't getting paid for them. So I go to my dad. I'm like, dad, I need to get paid to do these chores. And he looked at me, said something really powerful. He said, no, no, I'm not going to pay you chores. And at first I, I got even more angry. I'm like, wow, you're going to say no after my friends get paid. That's so unfair. He said, Caleb, when you're older, you're not going to get paid to do chores. You're not going to get paid to take out the trash, do the dishes. Unless you become a trash man. I know that's not your aspiration. He said, you're not going to get paid for that. But what you know, so my dad started from that moment forward. Instead of paying me to chores, he paid me $20 for every single business and personal development books that I would read and write a report on. And everything changed from there. So the first thing that my, that my upbringing did was um, it was learning. That was the biggest thing. Like my dad put me through a military boot camp, an entire um, college education experience, an entire like 
like literally like my entire childhood was education. It wasn't school. And I went to school. School is honestly the least school of my life. So that's where it started. But then the second thing my dad did was he um, had me out and this is the way he really broke my confidence. And I don't get to talk about this enough. And uh, I was actually talking to one of my friends the other day uh, named Ricky. And he was like, dude, you need to talk about this more. So I'm, not, I'm making the attention to do so. But my dad took me on over 54 missions trips. Hmm. And I remember that to me is the thing that really changed everything and gave me the perspective that I have. And it was just one little small moment uh, of when my dad and I went to the shelter. because so we go on these mission trips in America because, you know, there's so much brokenness in our own backyard. And uh, we went to this one shelter for uh, foster kids, kids that don't have parents. And these two kids were taking a nap on the floor. And I thought they were just napping or like, you know, whatever. Like I, I've slept on the floor like before, like just napping because I was so tired. And, uh, and my dad, it was near Christmas time. He's like, let's go get them Christmas presents. So we did. We went to um, Walmart and some other places. And uh, my dad picked out some pillows for them. And I remember I was like, you know, dad, like that's a terrible Christmas gift. If I got pillows for Christmas, yeah. I'd be angry, right? Like I, I was like, I don't know if that's a great idea. He said, trust me. So we took the pillows, we went back to the shelter and I was kind of intrigued to see what their reaction would be when they got these pillows. And when my dad handed them to him, they literally started crying. And I was like, I told you, I knew it was a terrible idea to give them some pillows, right? Like, like that's a terrible Christmas gift. But it turns out they were crying out of gratitude. Because for literally, I think it was a little over a year, they had been sleeping on the floor without pillows. And I remember that moment thinking as a kid, wow, and they were the exact same age as me at the time. Wow, there's some kids that'll cry over not having the right colored iPhone for Christmas, right? They got red and they wanted, you know, black. And then like, oh, they start crying. But then there's other kids who cry out of gratitude because they got a pillow. And like having that perspective as a kid is honestly one of the things that drives me super deeply today as well is just like, there's so much brokenness and so much pain. And when you realize like for us, our goal is not to build a multi-billion dollar company. We're going to build a trillion dollar company. Don't get me wrong, 110%. But our goal is to awaken humanity to its problems and then give the solutions. And that's what we're doing with Apex. That is our goal is, is it's not just to create some company that, you know, sells toothbrushes. Like, you know, I love Jeff Bezos. He's great. He cool dude, worth a lot of money. Shout out to him. But like, then they like, none of these guys are really solving the problems, at least how I want to see them get solved. And we're making things easier for humans, but we're not really making them better. And that's the goal of Apex is not just make humans lives easier because of convenience to be able to order a car and it take you somewhere, but making people's lives better by giving them actual resources and equipping them with what they need in order to live fulfilled lives. I feel like, I feel like the easiness is almost like a, people are selling their souls for ease and convenience. Well, the reason why we want ease is because we mask our pain so much that like we want everything to be easier. And like one of the one things that, that I've been taking really deep lately, because you know, we uh, moved into a, a, like a, like a place in Tempe, Arizona, which is like where uh, ASU is. So it's like a super party school. And, uh, you know, we were kind of like, I've been, you know, looking out on our view and there's just like people constantly partying, right? Music, boom, 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 boom. And, um, I, you know, I've, I've taken a deep, me and Ryan have had some really deep conversations about it. I'm just like, the reason why people are constantly, the music is always loud. They're constantly on their phones is because they're, they're just trying to numb the pain. That's why they do substances. That's why they're constantly partying. That's why they watch shows. Like human beings, we talked to someone the other day, someone we know who's actually decently high level, quote unquote, you could say ish, like compared to most people. And they said they haven't had silence by themselves, been by themselves, like literally just silence, no watching something in 
literally their entire life. They just want to like drown it out. And the reason why in life to me, the ultimate, ultimate key is your own mental conversation. It's the words that you constantly are flooding back and forth to yourself. It's what's going on in your head. Like I know you, Caleb, and I know your mental conversation is clean. I know what goes through your head. I hear it even before we got in this interview. Like you're the first ever interview I've ever had where you opened up wanting to pray, A, but the number two, with the intentions of we are going to change hundreds of thousands of people's lives. That to me shows me your mental conversation. But most people hate what goes on inside their head. That's why they want to constantly drown it out and never hear what's in their head. They're constantly throwing stuff in it because they don't want to hear what's going on because if they did, it would hurt too bad. And our goal is to fix human beings' mental conversations. Another thing I was thinking the other day is like, the real thing that I've realized, and this is something I've learned uh, reading a lot of uh, in the book of Proverbs, right? Um, from Solomon, wealthiest man, one of the wealthiest men who's ever lived, right? Wealthiest, yeah. wealthiest man who's ever lived. And, um, and if you read, he constantly talks about like, I, I don't know if he did that much studying or that much reading, right? But he, he had a lot of wisdom and maybe he did. But one of the things he talked about is how wisdom is everywhere. It's in the crevices of the city. It's all around the, the town square, right? It's, it's everywhere. And I think people, they don't realize wisdom is everywhere. It's not just the podcast you listen to, the books you read. Wisdom is all over the place. Every single moment, every single second of every single day, there's wisdom. But the reason why we live in a society of mainly ignorance is because if you look at the word ignorance, go to the root of it, it's ignoring. Mm. People are constantly ignoring the wisdom that's around them. And I view life as like a book. And every single moment that you miss is like there were words of wisdom on the pages. You just let it turn. Right. And people, the reason why they come across ignorant, they don't have the deep thoughts that we have where people literally, the only explanation, Kale, that at least people, normal people have for me is they think I'm on drugs. <laughs> They're like, you have to be on cocaine. You have to be on Adderall. The way that I think is so much different than them. The only explanation is that I'm on drugs. But the real truth is I'm on the fact that my, most of my life, it wasn't spent like most kids where they were constantly playing video games, constantly watching stuff, constantly hanging out with other friends. A lot of my time was reading. It was in a room. It was thinking. It was meditating. It was praying. It was doing yoga as a little kid, all sorts of stuff. It's like one of our goals with Apex is we just want to help people start to heal their mental conversation and stop drowning it out with all the stuff in society. And I feel like that's why most people are asleep is because they don't have time to be awake. They're constantly masking, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so at seven years old, you, your dad, you know, said, I'm not going to pay you for chores, but I'll pay you f- to read books. When yes. did, when did the aha moment for you, was it the first book that you read? Was it after you read like Think and Grow Rich? Like talk to me about when the aha moment was that you just started, like, obviously you're still growing to this day, but like when you're like this, like, cause you're, a, you're a different person, the way that you communicate your presence is different than 99.9% of people walking around. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think it was like three months in, I started to have the aha. At first I was like, I hate this. Like, why am I reading this? You know, positivity. Like I was like most people, honestly, it's kind of funny. Um, people always like, you know, you were born this way. I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Like when I saw like, I hate it. I was like, why am I reading this? Um, but then three months in, it started like chisel way. It was almost like, uh, just chipping away at a statue and it starts to like form in a way, right? It's like a block of, you know, and it started to chip away. And I started noticing that I was communicating better. I started to have more confidence. I, some of the things that they were saying, I was like, you know, I don't know hundred percent agree, but I can kind of see where they're coming from. And then started realizing about taking full responsibility and I started trying it and it just like slowly, but surely chipped away. And honestly, what's, what's crazy is what people don't know is it, my dad only paid me $20. And I actually really haven't shared this a lot, but my dad only paid me $20 for the first book. 
The second book, because the first book he had me read was called The Success Principles. It was 400 pages long. So that's why it took me like six months to read it, like seven years old. So I got, I got kind of screwed over there too. But the knowledge literally to me as a little kid, if you watch videos, I have videos of me at seven where I literally wouldn't look into the camera. And then at seven, literally like just like, like a few months later of me, like enthusiastic and excited, like it transformed me so much in that amount of time that it no longer, I was like that. I don't even need the $20. Cause like I was learning stuff to make money myself. I already like, was like how the right mindset. It became about the information rather than about the money I was getting. So I say about like three months in, it started to happen. And then after six months, I was like addicted. My dad would walk in at 3am and he was constantly having to put me to sleep with my nose in a book, like literally at seven years old. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how it started there. What would you say your number one book, like your favorite book that's changed your life the most? So would it be that success habits? The success principles by Jack Canfield was the first one. So it's like kind of nostalgic towards it. Cause like it really, that's the one that changed my life. Even starting with the first chapter, taking full responsibility. Like at, at a, as a young kid, I read that book multiple times over. So that one, that one's a lot of power. Um, you know, obviously I really, I really do think there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible specifically. There's a lot of wisdom all over, but specifically like my favorite is like Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, anything from Solomon is like mind blowing. Like, I don't know how it works that like every sentence is a book within itself. Yeah. Like it's almost like, it's so good. Like not, no chapter is about like the same thing. Proverbs is, is up there. Um, I don't know. I, I really view books more like medicine. Like people are like, what books should I read? I'm like, I don't know. You know, what is your leg hurt? Is your arm hurt? It's like, it kind of like depends on what you need. So there's so many for so many different areas of my life. And quite frankly, it's it's less about the information, more about the habit of reading and being in the mindset of reading and having that habitual activity in your life. And and that was one of the things that you started dying to yourself. I'm serious. Like at seven, what every other seven year, like no one's reading nonfiction books, and you're like, you just got turned on to that, and it's it's changed your life and it's given you tons of opportunities. Some of your some of your videos have gone crazy viral. And being young and be having attention, talk to me about like the pros of that and the cons of that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say the pros are everything that I get to do now is it, number one. It forced me to mature very quickly. Yep, I'm extremely grateful for. A lot of people say, "Well, did you miss out in your childhood?" And I'm always like, "What's that mean?" They're like, well, you're supposed to have fun as a kid. I'm like, number one, I'm more fun than any other kid out there. Like, let's be real. And number two, like, does that mean you're missing out in your adulthood? Are you not supposed to have fun as an adult? Like I'm setting myself up for my whole life. I want it to be fun. So uh, it, it did force me to mature extremely quickly. I had a very different childhood than 99% of people. A lot of sacrifices, um, missing out on my friend's birthday party, just like small stuff like that. Um, so like there's that, but like, honestly, I would say definitely more pros. I would say if there is any cons, um, the pros definitely outweigh the cons, but like the cons would be your life gets really loud when you have that much attention. Yep. It gets really loud. And I feel like, honestly, like if I like I could have had more silence rather than constantly going, 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 that would have been good. But in, in so many ways, like I, like I really am a believer in people ask me, like, what do you regret? There's so many things I would tell my younger self, but like also I wouldn't because I'm so certain that where we're at right now yeah. is going to set us up to literally create the people that change the world, do all that to where I wouldn't change anything from my childhood. Although there's things I regret, I wish I could have done better. Um, and then another thing, another thing that, I'd say there was the con of, you know, having all that attention young is honestly a lot of relationships were extremely hard. That That's a big thing. I got screwed over a lot by different friends and family. People have agendas. Yeah. People have agendas. 
Um, but like, also like, I'm not like Macaulay Culkin. Like I wasn't like crazy famous, right? Like I'd go to events and people would be like, Oh my gosh, they want photos. But like when I go home, I'd get stopped what few times a week during like the prime of it. So like, it wasn't really anything crazy. Um, to me, it just allowed me to get around a lot of really high level people. And I feel like those inputs shaped a lot of who I am. So I don't know. I gotta go, I gotta go really deep. One of the things I want to do, by the way, just transparency is like my life, the, the number one con of all the attention was my life feels like a blur. Like my life has been so fast, so rapid, so quickly paced that I have had enough time to reflect on previous experiences. So like one of the things I want to do in the future is I like maybe in the next like week or so is I want to sit down by myself in some deep solitude and like review my life. That's something I wrote down like last week. I want to like go over my life timeline because like my dad will bring up something that happened like two years ago. And I'm like, I literally forgot that entire three month period of my entire life. It's just gone so fast. So a lot of pros that outweigh it, but then the con is I, I, I need to do more reflecting with yeah. all trans. hundred percent, man. And that's, that's actually one thing that I find myself doing a lot of. And I actually think of dying a lot in full transparency on my end, because listen, like when everything is stripped away, it really helps you get clarity on what's really important. Like, yeah, whether you like it or not, and you might disagree from this, but like 300 years from now, no one's going to be talking about you. They may, they may, but the impact of you living today will still live on. Oh yeah. That's facts. Yeah. yeah. And here's the other, like when you're in the history books, they they will continue to talk about you type of thing. Like if they talk about Alexander the Great, they will be talking about me. They will be talking about Ryan because what we're doing is 10 times better than what any of them have done. So I a hundred percent believe like our names will be etched in is like, one of the reasons the human race is in the direction that it's in. So I do believe my name will live on, but when you die, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like that's one of the things like, it doesn't matter. Like that's why, you know, even like Gary Vee says, you know, I live my life for the people that are at my funeral. Like I see where he's coming. I don't think he means it in the way that, you know, like it, that's what matters. But like, I think he's mainly made like the relationships type thing. But like, I totally disagree with that. Like I could care less about my funeral. Like what happens when I die? Like to me, life is just a giant video game. And like, I just want to play it the best of my ability. And like, I figured if I come into this massive game, I want to completely change the way that it's played whenever I'm done playing it. And I want everyone to have a way better off chance to play this game. And the number one thing that I want is I want when I die, the human race to have a new awakening and understanding that they are playing it Mm because no one gets it. Mm -hmm. No. And if they got it, they'd be playing a lot bigger than they are but no one's aware of it. We take life way too serious. Right. Right. It, it is, it is, uh, I forget, I forget the quote. There's a quote about that, um, by Alan Watts, but yeah, like people just take stuff way too serious. I want people to realize how, what an opportunity they have. Like, no, it, it's, it's funny. I was on a podcast the other day and I was asked, you know, what's the secret of wealth? And I, and they wanted me to talk about tactics and I'm like, it's how you think. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It is. I said, I literally said that the other day. I was like, um, people always want to know, like, even with me and Ryan, they want to know, how do you do this funnel that grows this much? Or Ryan, like, how do you do ads? It's like, people don't understand. I I've watched Ryan when it comes to running Facebook ads, he's grossed $50 million plus he's done marketing for Tony Robbins, all sorts of, right? Like, and like, I watch him do ads. It's not even, it's nothing tactical. Mm-hmm. It's the way he thinks about it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing. Like, I, I think I, I posted on my story the other day and I thought about this a lot this morning too, is financial freedom to me, isn't just having money in the bank account. It's having a, like the, the knowledge and wisdom to where you could never, even if you stripped away all your money, you could never stay broke. 
Right. And when you have like a like mental, like when you think the right way, it's impossible to not have financial freedom because you can create wealth. Like you put you at ground zero yep. and you will make, you will become wealthy guaranteed because it's what you know. And I, I literally wanted to post that this morning. It's like the number one piece of advice I have for someone in getting wealthy is spend the first few years uh, like acquiring skills that, that, uh, that um, equate to wealth. Right. If you have skills that equate to wealth. You can, you can never go broke. Even when you go broke, you're not broke anymore. Right. Not a, you get a lot of parents come up to you and a lot of parents come up to me as well. And they're like, man, my kid is like not getting it and they're struggling and they may be in middle school. They may be in high school, regardless of what that is. What's the number one piece of advice and in full disclosure, you're not a parent, but you've helped more parents in the process of apex and in the process of you writing books. How many books have you written by the way? Nine. Nine. Okay. That's, yep. that's eight more than me. So that's awesome. Um, so what's your advice for a parent who like, like has a struggling kid. Yeah. How old are they? I don't know. 15. Number one. Okay. What's the difference? What's the difference of between a senior in high school and a, a nine-year-old? So a nine-year-old, the only thing I would say is get him an apex because I, I got only like a limited amount of time with you. And like, there's only so much I can say, but like I literally slaved for six months straight filming a video every single day for six months. And Ryan and I have worked, the last like literal eight months and even like the last like month creating even, even something greater than anything we've created before. And like, that is why we created it is to have that resource. That would be the number one thing I'd say is like not even a plug or anything. Like, I mean that like we created it for that reason. So I would say number one, get them an apex for kids. Number two, if you have a struggling kid in high school, that's a great question. Um, to be honest, it, it's, I really would have to know more about the situation because there's a difference between like, 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 like it depends where they're struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean? that Like if you put me in front of them, I could probably figure out where they're at and like, like what, what needs to be tweaked. But like just overall, honestly, like the number one thing you can do is this plain and simple. I, I'll give you the answer is change their inputs. That's the only thing you can do. Cause I look at me, they're really, my dad, he mentored me a lot and he told me a lot of things and he, you know, he took me from that kid to who I am now. But in a lot of ways, what he also did was not just what he taught me, but it was the inputs that he gave me, the coaches that he hired, the events that he took me to, the books he had me read, the podcasts he had me listen to. So like my advice to a parent out there would be if you don't like where your kids' outputs are, it's inputs that create outputs, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't like their outputs, they're, they're disrespectful. Well, that's an output. So there has to be an input that created it. Yep. Maybe they play too many video games. Maybe there's a friend that they have that's super disrespectful. I went through times where I'd be super disrespectful because I watch Disney shows and Disney makes it cool to be disrespectful. So my dad threw away all the Disney shows. I was no longer allowed to watch those, right? Like if you don't like your kid's output of like what it is, you have to give them a different input and completely yeah. get rid of that. So like, that's what I would say. And I know it's not like the most, um, you know, deep, like, or uh, like I, I, I even, I know like, let me just, let me say this. As a parent, if your kids are struggling, it's not just give them a book. Almost nothing worse than your kids struggling, especially as a parent, because you have this deep, number one, love for your kids. Number two, responsibility. And probably the only thing you want in the world, you would give up. If you had a $25 million mansion, you would give it up with a snap if you could make sure that your kids are going to be the best off. So if you're a parent and you don't feel like your kids are there, that, that's a difficult place to be. But I'm going to give you an answer and it's not the most like heartfelt answer ever, but it's like, you got to be tougher on your kids. 
because my dad, this is one of the things my dad did for me. He made me not too soft for success. And a lot of parents, they're too hard on them in the wrong areas, spilling milk. And they're too easy on them in the areas they need to be hard on them with, which is their discipline, what they're consuming, what they're taking in. So if you're a parent, I would say, number one, start to become harder on your kids. My dad was extremely disciplined with me. If I left my underwear out in the house and I didn't put in the dirty laundry, instead of me, him saying, go put in the dirty laundry, I would have to take it, go to the bottom floor. We had a three-story place at this time. Go to the bottom floor, place on the floor, pick it up go all the way upstairs to where my laundry's at, put it in there, take it out, go all the way back to the floor, put it on the floor. And he made me do that 10 times. Anytime I'd ever leave something out that creates discipline. My dad, when I'd get off school, he would buy me a donut and he would put the donut in the middle dashboard, me at little nine years old. And I'd be excited. It's donut Friday. Every single Friday he would do this. It's donut Friday, glazed donut with, you know, a cream filling in the middle. And I wanted to eat it. And my dad would make me look at the donut the entire night. He would follow me with the donut. If I walked in my room, he'd place the donut in my room. If I walked upstairs, he'd place the donut upstairs. If we went to do drills, he'd place it in the car while we were driving to do that. No matter what it was, he puts it and he wouldn't let me eat it till very late that night. Why? Because he wanted me to be able to see something I want and delay it. Have that delayed gratification. If I ever threw an attitude, when one time I threw an attitude on a baseball field, I threw my bat at the fence because I got so mad I struck out, Right. But my dad, attitude was everything. He made me wear a wristband that said attitude is everything. And he would literally, if I threw him about, I had an attitude, he would make me watch kids in Africa starving for three hours straight. Wow. Because he's like, you're really complaining that you struck out in baseball. Look at real world problems. And I'd be there sobbing for hours because he just gave me perspective. I'm like, wow. Like I'm in America, angry that I struck out and I threw my bat and had an attitude. And there's literal kids in Africa starving. And it sounds like, that's, that's intense. You literally get, you watch kids in Africa starving, but that's the perspective it takes in order to like create a real world change in order to shape them into who you want to be as a, as a parent, you've got to be willing to be tough on your kids, even with how much you love them and, and create a certain level of mental toughness to where, you know, they're going to survive because the world that we live in, it's not an easy world. It's a phenomenal world. It's an amazing world. It's, it's a world that is the greatest opportunity ever, but it's also difficult. There's a reason the suicide rate's so high. There's a reason the depression rate's so high. They're given this amazing gift to live. And they literally said, it would be easier to not be playing this game than to be in it. Why? Because we're not equipping our kids. It's like sending a kid at war. You don't give them weapons. You don't teach them how to fight. You don't give them backup. And you wonder why they come back bloody, bruised, and broken. It's because you didn't equip them. Yeah. Well, if you don't like where your kids are at with their outputs, you have to change their inputs and equip them with the right things, with the necessary things. And that's why we created Apex is to create a new input for society. Like that's, that's what I would say, like change your kids' inputs if you don't like their current outputs and, and love them. My dad was the most encouraging father yeah. on earth. I love you. Whenever, you know, I'd get home for, uh, get off of school, he'd say, Hey, Bob. like he'd get excited and enthusiastic. And he wrote me notes every single day when I would go to school. He was the most loving dad on earth, but he was also disciplined and tough and did not accept weakness. I super appreciate you like going and giving examples. One of the examples that I have is my dad would be upset with me if I was working with him and I was just waiting to be told what to do. He's like, Caleb, like, no, you have to be like, if you're sitting around waiting for me to tell you what to do, there's something wrong here. So yeah. as a young kid, 
I hated working with my dad in full disclosure, but I'm super grateful, right? Is I'm starting to look at things. Okay. What can I be doing? And, and guess what you and I are both doing now? It's called proactiveness. It doesn't just, we're not born being proactive. 100%. Like it's, it was, it was taught and, and man, I'm just like, it's really cool to think that we are a byproduct of the people in our life, which goes into the next question is like, how important is it to surround yourself with, with positive people that don't think you're crazy that you're going to impact a billion people? It, it is vital. And one of the things is that means you're probably going to have a smaller circle. People are like, how do you get around a lot of high level people? It's like, you're saying high level people, it's a rare breed. Like you're one of the only high level people that I know in my life with this type of mindset and you live in an entire different state. So we get to talk every once in a while, but like one of the things that one of my friends, um, her name is Joelle. The other day she said that she's like, we have such a small inner circle. You might as well call it a period. And now <laughs> I, I died laughing because I'm like, it's so true. Like we literally have a period, but the period does so much. You might as well call it an exclamation point. Cause we're just, we're making noise. Right? Like, like that, like that's a, the mindset. Like it is vital, but you also got to know it is, it is a lonely road, quote unquote, but it doesn't have to be if you get yourself around the right people. And to me, one of the things that I've realized is your inner circle deter- determines your inner self. Your inner self determines the entire outer world you live in. Everything that happens. We can have two people. People say the world's bad. They're right. People say the world's great. They're right. It's like Henry Ford said, the people who think they can, people think they can't. They're both right. And life, your perspective is obviously the, the world that you're living in. So your inner self, the way that you think is everything, but also People get it wrong. They think the inner, your inner circle determines your inner self. That is true. But also your inner self determines your inner circle. Right. So who you are determines who you're around and who you're around determines who you are. It's a flywheel. And that's why we have people that spiral out of control in negative ways is because they're hurting inside. So they're on other hurting people and that makes them hurt even more. And they, it's just spiral out of control. But then you have people like us who we're working on ourselves. We're consuming the right things. We're making sure we're charging ourselves every single day. We're working on our inner self and that in return gets me around people like you, Caleb. It, it had me and Ryan me. If I would have been, you know, the kid I used to be, when I met Ryan, Ryan would not have given me the time of day because he's very strategic with who he hangs around. Vice versa with Ryan. Ryan came in and that dude was a freak. The dude was an absolute freak. Whenever I first met him, like we stayed up till 7 a.m. The first ever night we met. We met at 7 p.m. We stayed up till 7 a.m. that night just working. The first ever night we met. Didn't go have fun. Didn't get to know each other. We got right into work in the first ever night. Like we both, because we're so similar, it, it, like it brought us together. So understanding that flywheel is one of the most important things in your life is your inner circle determines your inner self. Your inner self determines your inner circle. So this for, it starts with number one, work on yourself. Because you, people can say get around high level people all you want, but I'm going to be real. High level people will not associate with low level people. So that means one of the first priorities is you've got to become high level. Right. You have to put yourself in a position to where you get around these people and they want to be around you. They know that you charge them because they're not going to get drained by you just because you want to be around them. So it, that's how I would say it, it is vital because it literally is one of the number one inputs in the world is who you surround yourself with, but it starts with who you're becoming yourself. So you might need to start at the beginning of your journey. I noticed a lot of people's journeys. I don't know. Actually, I'd be curious to ask you this. But like a lot of the successful people's journey that I know started off lonely and then they started to get the right pieces. The right people came into their life because as they rise, the people who are also rising, they all come together. And that was me. It started off with me being in a room by myself as a little kid with my nose in a book 24 seven. And now I get to be around people like you get around people like Ryan because I first worked on my inner self because you worked on your inner self because Ryan worked on his inner self. Now we have this inner circle 
that yeah. we have. What's what's interesting is I was also shy. Believe it or not, I know people won't believe me, but I was very shy growing up. And I something similar. Uh, it's obviously a different story, but yeah, I love that man. Let's talk about passive income. One of the things that I've been quoting you a lot is oh, let's let's not worry about passive income because how like think about how not fulfilling that is. And I know this is a better, this is better wealth with Caleb Williams. Like I'm all about helping people start mastering and taking back control, understanding that they're their greatest asset, all that good stuff. I, like I could talk about money all day long. You guys know this, right? No talk about passive impact and how you articulate that. Because when I heard you share that on stage uh, at Russell Brunson's event, I'm like, dang, you, you got something there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, a lot of people talk about passive income and by the way, I think it's vital. Like for me, all the impact I've ever been able to make, it almost, almost all of it stems from me having financial resources to be able to do so. So that's why I love your podcast because you come from a perspective of let's make a lot of money so we can impact a lot of people, right? Because like, that's the thing. But like one of the things that I realized, and this happened recently, Ryan and I, um, we obviously run a lot of ads on social media. We do a lot of stuff online. And we got to the place where we're reaching about 10 million people a month, right? So I did the math. I was like, you know, doing some kind of, I was like, I was intrigued. Like that's a lot of human beings, like 10 million people. So I did the math and it equates to being about, I think it's like seven to 10 people every single second that are watching our videos. And that blew my mind. Went and took, which we are, we're on the beach right now in San Diego, California, right? We're just like enjoying ourselves while we're at the beach. Most people, they want to be on the beach and they want to be sipping, you know, a beach drink and they want to be making money. One of the things that I want to do is I don't just want to be making money while I'm sleeping, make money while you sleep, make money while you're relaxing, make money on vacation. I want to be making impact on vacation. I want to be making impact while I'm on, you know, while I'm sleeping. And like that for me, like passive impact is more important to me than passive income, but also passive income is why we were able to scale to reaching 10 million people. So that's another flywheel. Life's, life's a game of flywheels, man. It's like, you, it's momentum. That's why we live in the world we live in is because some people, like you, you find a lot of contrast, a lot of opposites, a lot of things that contradict each other because momentum builds up. It's the exact same way with impact and income. The more money you make, the more impact you can make. The more impact you can make, the more money you can make. And I feel like people are constantly talking about passive, in- or passive income. And I, and honestly, I'm just tired of seeing all the stuff I see online of the houses people have and the yeah. cars. You, you should get that stuff. Have a phenomenal car. My boy, Caleb Williams, I hear rocking the Tesla, right? Like, like, that, like, that's phenomenal. And I love that. Like, same here. Like, we want a really nice place. We were just looking at a place here in San Diego and, you know, it blows our mind. But like, at the end of the day, we've realized there's no difference between having all of the resources and then having none of it. Mm-hmm. Like it honestly, the only thing that gives you is some more freedom and the ability to impact more people. But Ryan and I have had moments where we celebrated, you know, um, an investor buying a percentage of our company. And now we realize what our net worth was and we're looking at all this stuff, right? Like we've celebrated moments like that. But then also there's a different feeling when you look in someone's eyes and they literally say, like, you changed my life. Even just recently, this was this month, um, I had this lady that came to this ho- the homeless healing church that we were doing in Arizona because we were doing, you know, like, like a church for homeless people. And um, this lady came there and she's like a 30-year-old woman. And when she started talking to me, because she saw it online that we were doing this thing, she started crying. And I was, you know, I've had a lot of people come up to me crying, but like never like, it was, it was weird because I didn't speak or anything. Like she just came to this event and started weeping. So I gave her a hug and I was like, you know, Hey, look, you know, what's going on? Like, can I help you with something? Like, you know, cause like it sounded like either there was pain or she was about to tell me something very powerful. And she said, um, she actually got a brain disease. So her brain, I, I forget exactly what happened. Maybe it was a, a concussion or something happened 
to where her brain, she got brain damage. And it sent her back to being in brain-wise, even though she's a 30-year-old woman, it sent her back to having the mental capacity of an 11-year-old kid. And because of that, she came across my videos for kids. Hmm. So she started watching them. And to her, it was the only thing she could relate to. All the other gurus online she couldn't relate to because she was literally, she thinks the exact same way a kid does. She would lose interest and it wasn't funny enough for her. But because she got to watch my videos, she literally said that her, my videos helped her mentally so much to where she actually, even though the doctor said she couldn't heal it, she started to mentally heal her brain damage. And the doctors are confused with what's happened. And she was weeping. And I'm going to tell you guys something right now. The look in her eyes of me knowing that because of the videos I filmed, yes, it's cool. Those exact same videos have made me and Ryan millions of dollars. That's amazing. But there's a different feeling whenever you look in someone's eyes and they say, because of those videos, I literally, I'm healing a disease. Or parents telling me my, my kids got abused. You know, one, one parent told me she has seven kids and they, uh, you know, she was married and she ended up getting a divorce, but her ex-husband, um, who was also the father of the kids would take her little eight year old boy and would drag him across the concrete with no shirt on and just like watch him bleed. And all the kids lost this insane amount of confidence and they couldn't go to school and they couldn't talk to people and they wouldn't look you in the eyes. And when I met the kids, even though they had just lived in a homeless shelter in one room where there's also another family living and there's seven kids and the mom and another family all living in one room in this homeless shelter. And when I met them, they were enthusiastic. They looked me in the eyes. They told me what their goals were. They showed me pictures of their vision board. They looked, they were talking to other people. They were asking the waiter and waitresses questions. They were, you know, taking videos. And when I put them on camera, they were excited all because of the resource that Ryan and I created of Apex for Kids. When that happens, when you see that th th that family went from not being able to go to school to having this confidence because of what you created, that is where it's at. And I'm tired of people having that wrong perspective, not even because I don't like seeing it or because the cars and stuff, but because I feel bad for people. Yeah, I feel bad that they don't understand what actually happens in real life. I know people with insane mansions like me and Ryan have lived in a little one bedroom apartment together getting started. We've even slept in our car before for fun, right? <laughs> Actually, look at the, the, the blankets in the back, right? We don't care. Dude. We're scrappy. <laughs> it's about flash press. And we've also lived in really nice places, 28 floors up. We're looking at getting a mansion right now. Like, right? Like, and there's no difference at the end of the day. In fact, I would say there's moments where we lived in the one bedroom apartment. We were way more fulfilled than whenever mm -hmm. we were up in the rise. And like, I just want people to understand like, that doesn't mean you don't need money. And like, I've, I've told these stories and like, yeah, you're right. Money doesn't matter. I'm like, no, you missed that. Why did the mom have those kids go from no confidence to confidence? Because we were able to spend money and put it and create an ad where she saw it. Right. Why did that girl have brain damage? And she was able to read my books and watch my videos because I was able to spend money to get my name out there. To me, wealth is it's, it's everything to me. Like I, I want wealth. I want even more money. Me and Ryan are figuring out how to raise it even more because we know that when our wealth increases, when our passive income increases, your impact will increase. And, and man, I, there's so many, I mean, we could talk for five more hours on this, but the reality is 
the perspective that you had, the mission strips that you've had, it's giving you perspective and there's nothing wrong with passive income, but it, it is a problem if that's your goal. That's why we will not work with someone. They don't get clarity on what they would do if money wasn't an issue. And we've changed the concept between ROR doesn't stand for rate of return, but it should be re- return on result. What do you actually want to accomplish? Let's figure out the most efficient way to do that. And oh, by the way, let's create a bigger impact by having a passive income. And like, dude, you're living that out. You're such an inspiration. Uh, here's the last question, my friend. This is your last day on earth. You're with the people that you love. So I'm going to include myself in that. In that. I swear. I swear. If you would have said that, I would be like, good. Caleb Williams is there. I love you. <laughs> okay. So you're, and you can pass on one thing out of the experience that you've had in, throughout your life. What is that one thing? Man. To me, like, like one, like one sentence, one statement. Well, it doesn't have to be a sentence, but it's just like, you're with the people that you love the most. And you know, after this conversation, you're, you're going to be gone. What, what kind of conversation are you having? I've, I've had people ask me this question before, and I've given a lot of different answers. And some of my answers have sounded very elegant. Some of them very deep. This one's going to sound more simple. And this is where I'm currently at in my life. And this would be the answer. I would look at the people that I love and I would say, play. That's what I'd say. I would say play. Because if I'm about to go, what would be hitting me is, man, like all those times where I thought it was about all the flash and all the different things and all the times where I stressed out and all the times I was mad because I wasn't where I wanted to be. And all the times I was like, man, like I, I, I know I'll be able to take it in. Like I'll, I'll have time to take in the moment whenever I'm extremely successful, whenever I have big offices and stuff like that. Like to me, it'd be like, like that was, that was the win. Like this game doesn't have an end result. If it did, there would be some sort of thing where you just fly into the sky when you completed it. It's not. There is no, people say, what do you define as success? There is no success. Some person might be winning an NBA championship. Others like us, it may be awakening humanity. Others, it might be retiring to their parents. Success is different for everyone. There is no, in. that's the coolest part about this game. There's no, every person has different levels. Every person has different objectives. It's this congruent game. I would look at my family, I look at my friends and I'd say, play. Like every single moment, realize and acknowledge that you are alive. Acknowledge it. Like don't wake up and just get into the day and focus on what you got to solve and what's going on and what's your schedule look like and what's going to happen next week. Like acknowledge within the first few minutes of your day that you are alive, mm-hmm. you are playing the game. And I would say just, just have fun playing. I was not expecting you to give that answer. And I'm encouraging the person that's listening to this to go deep on that because that's more profound than you think. It's interesting. Think and Grow Rich talks about underlying your underlying fears. And it's interesting. Mine was poverty. I great family. Like, and it really poverty was actually what people thought of me. And it was only till recently this last year that I've come to the conclusion that I really genuinely do not care what people think of me and there's freeingness and we are able to do what we're, I'm able to look, show up powerfully in my life because that would, that would be one of the things I would share. And I would say that's another way of saying your answer because this idea of playing is don't get so stressed out because like you are alive, which is a miracle. Think about it. And to even be having this conversation, be listening to this, like we are so beyond blessed and rich that yeah, you can learn, you can 
learn about different wealth tactics, but it's, it's on the way that you think and it's the, in the impact that you get to live your life. And, um, man, one of my favorite quotes is by a guy named Andy Stanley. And, and he said this and it changed my life. When I heard it the first time he said, the value of your life is always measured by how much of it was given away at your funeral. No one's going to care about your funnels, the, you being a millionaire at 15 or 16, 16, 16. No one's going to care about your great talks. They're going, they're going to remember the impact that you've had on, on their life. And you are playing that kind of game. And man, I'm, I'm, it's a blessing to call you a brother and friend, and I'm excited to see and be alongside you as you impact humanity. And I'm going to do it with you. So thank you. Dude, that, that hit me like a bag of rocks. You said life, the value of your life is going to be measured by how much of it you gave away. I'm going to write that down, take it in. And, uh, and that, that's one of the reasons I, I respect you on a whole different level, bro, because you, number one, you make way more money than most of the people that are trying to portray like they do on social media. But there's just this wholesomeness to you, this fulfillment to you, this compassion, this love. You, What you do, you actually get results. It's not like you actually just care about people and then you have like this thing like you're trying to make people money. Like you know what you're talking about. You're a savage when you need to be. The smile can cover it up, but you are a savage. But then there's just this deep sense of love and I feel that anytime I'm ever around you, bro. So it's not to be on an interview and I know that you, you know, I always realize your audience, um, is always attracted by the influencer behind it. Like whoever the, like if you have an audience of people, it, you know, they're usually a reflection of you in a lot of ways. So to, to have all these people listening to us on this, I know that if they're listening to your stuff, that says a lot about them as well. I'm honored that they took time out of their day to, uh, to listen to words and hopefully we provide. And, and our, our next interview, if you're a parent, if you want your kids to get results, click the link below, but man is this is the first, but it will not be the last time that we have an interview and conversation. So I love you, man. Never done an interview together. So that'd be phenomenal, but I love that'd you. Be fun. All right, guys, take care. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And I would love, absolutely love to hear your feedback as it relates to the biggest takeaway from this conversation. I mean, Caleb's just just crushing it. And it's exciting to be with someone who's so positive, who just thinks so big, but is ultimately going for that passive impact. And and just, you know, I've, I've had so many takeaways. And one of the reasons or one of the things that a lot of people ask is like, Caleb, how do you stay so positive? Like, why are you the way that you are? It's because I have friends like Caleb. And I'm just incredibly grateful that he's in my life. So a couple takeaways. Number one, surround yourself with incredible people. Number two, um, understand uh, why you're doing what you're doing. And number three, it's perspective. I'm a huge fan into missions trips and to changing your perspective because being alive is incredible and it's a huge blessing. So we'd love to hear your um, biggest takeaway or or top three takeaways. And you can um, share with me at betterwealthpodcast.com. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Until next time, have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.